and welcome back to the 10th episode of Podcastles with me, Georgia, and my sister, Nikita. Hey, everyone. Can you believe it? 10 episodes, Nick. No, I can't believe it. I think that's incredible. Congrats, Georgia. Thanks. Congrats to you, too. We're in double digits at last. And the 10th episode is dedicated to the Berkshire Selection Box because we did Windsor last week and there's only really one castle in this county that's going to be its own feature-length episode. We thought there were more, um, but it turns out our geography is just pretty poor. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Uh, yeah, we're going on to Selection Box and then we'll bring you a wonderful Christmassy special. Christmassy special next week. I'm so excited. I've been prepping. So, Nick, let's jump straight in. What castles are we looking at in the Berkshire Selection Box? So, we're looking at... We have a Selection Box of eight castles today. Oh, my goodness. Georgia. That's the biggest one we've had so far. Slight disclaimer. A lot of them are actually in Oxfordshire. Right. I've not gone off-piste, I promise you. It's not off-script. They were all in Berkshire. And because they're all quite medieval, they were all in Berkshire during the times that we're looking at. Okay. So not, there's not a lot of modern stuff. So Also, we had so many in the selection box for Oxford that we had to split them across. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think on some level, like in the, I think a lot of them changed hands like in the 70s. So we're going to start with the chronology, and I've put them all, Georgia, painstakingly into the chronology based on when they were built or when we first have proper information about them if we don't know when they were built. Okay. So uh, up first, we're going to look at Hampstead Norris Castle. Uh, Located in the village of Hampstead Norris, castle was built around the time of the 1066 invasion. So we've got a couple of castles in this this section which are built uh, just after that time. So we know that the village, we don't really know when the castle was built, but we think around then, and we know that the village is in the Doomsday Book, which is in 1086. So we know that it was there. We know that it was owned by a guy. The land was owned by a guy called Theodoric. But at the now it's it's nothing but a hill, uh, which could ah. be great to sledge down. Uh, not great to live but in. But I'm not really sure that's something you're allowed to ever do. Is that literally all the information you've got on it? That is literally all I've got. Hinton Waldrist Castle uh, was originally a, a wooden mutton bailey from uh, around the time of the northern Norman invasion, so just after the Norman invasion of 1066. Um, it was built as sort of the centre of the land owned by the St. Valerie family. Interestingly, Waldrest is apparently a later version of Valerie. I'm not really sure where one gets Waldrest from St. Valerie. If anybody knows why, please let me know, because I have no clue. So later on in the, in, the, in the medieval period, it was rebuilt in stone. At first it was built in wood, as a lot of these castles were, and this was rebuilt in stone by the Earls of Hereford, who were the Bohan family. Okay. And this is So although we don't have a date for the building of this castle, a woman called Mary de Bohan was raised there. And we know she was born in 1370, so presumably it was built sometime before that. We know about Mary de Bohan, I think, A lot of that is because she actually married one Henry Bolingbroke. Oh, really? Yeah. And for those who don't know, Henry Bolingbroke later became Henry IV. Indeed. And they had a son together called Henry, who later became Henry V of Agincourt. And he actually visited Hinton Waldress as a child. Mm. Unfortunately, she died at 26 in childbirth. So he never became queen, which is probably why I hadn't heard of her before. I thought that was pretty cool. It's, Very interesting. It's a, it's a hill today. It, there's nothing there. 
Right. There's no castle, but it's a nice hill to visit. I would imagine it's a nice country walk, Georgia, in Berkshire. Mm. So, well, when I say that, this is one of the ones that is technically now in Oxfordshire. But was in Berkshire. Until 1974, so we're counting it because... That's most of its history. If it's been there for, like, practically a thousand years and it's only in the last, like, 50 that it's been in... I mean, and I have just read you history that ended in 1380. Yeah, if that's so, all the history we've got for it. Do we even know when it was, like, destroyed? No. <laughs> Good one to start with. That's a yep. solid amount of history. Solid. One of seven. Here we go. So then we're going to move on to the anarchy castles. Oh. And these are all obviously, these were all um, adulterine castles. Which we talked about a few weeks ago. We talked about that in the in the anarchy episode. These are all the castles that went up because they thought, quick, build some castles, defend some land. And then they got taken down again at the end. Mm-hmm. So Farringdon Castle is one of the castles that was built for the purposes of the anarchy that was then destroyed later. And so it was built in 1144 by Robert of Gloucester, who is the right-hand man of Matilda and her half-brother. It wasn't a hugely successful castle, which is why it didn't make it into our anarchy episode, Georgia. Ah. Because four weeks after it was built, Stephen came along and decided to siege it. And it gave in four days later. Ah. And then it was torn down within a couple of years. Nice try. It wasn't hugely influential to the story then. Do you know what? You win some, you lose some. We couldn't include all of the castles in that episode, otherwise we would still be recording it. <laughs> but I thought it would be worth raising here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also now technically in Oxfordshire, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so moving swiftly on, Georgia, to Brightwell Castle. Okay. Which was built in 1145 by Stephen. So it's also technically an Oxfordshire castle now, but I thought it was worth raising because it's actually built deliberately near Wallingford Castle. Right. Which, as we've discussed before, was one of Matilda's main bases during the anarchy. Yeah. And so it was particularly important. She actually escapes there from Oxford Castle one night. And if anyone's listening who hasn't listened to episode eight, which was our anarchy episode, and I highly recommend you do, Go go and have a look and look at that after this one because it'll it'll fill in some gaps about who's who and who's and what's what's happening in the absolute chaos that is aptly termed the anarchy. So Henry II destroyed that castle in eleven fifty three. We mentioned that in the episode, right? Didn't Henry II after the anarchy was over and he became king, he destroyed quite a few of the castles that had been made during the anarchy, right? Because he was like, I don't want these power bases anymore. I think he destroyed all of them. Any castle that was built during the anarchy was had had to be brought down because well, because they were nobility strongholds, and he was like, no, not having that again. Yeah, well, they're all built for strategic purposes, right? And actually, we don't know exactly where this castle. Was, I don't think, but there is an area, it was in the sort of what is now the Brightwell-cum-Sotwell village area, and there are two manor houses, I think, where it might have been on one of those sites, but they don't really oh, interesting. know where it was because it's been completely taken down. That's very interesting. Yeah, which is unlike the next castle where we do kind of know where it was and it's actually quite interestingly built, so I think it's it's built in a way that would be would have been really useful for sieges mm. with different mots, I think. So the next one is Newbury Castle which is also adulterine, and it was built by a man called John Marshall. Okay. He's registering with you. I can see it on your face. You've got the, the face of the meme of that woman who's got too much maths going around her head. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So John Marshall, should I tell you? Yeah, I can't guess, so tell me. 1152 he built this, and at the time he was a supporter of Matilda, and it was besieged by Stephen in 1153. He was holding John Marshall's son, William hostage at the time so i'm gonna wait until we get to the 
ghosts and skeletons part before I really tell you who William is and who John is. So I'm going to keep you guessing, but I've just seen, obviously the listeners can't see this, but George's face literally lit up like a light bulb. In 1153, Stephen besieged the castle and he was actually holding John Marshall's son hostage at the time, William. Okay. And he threatened John and said, if you don't surrender, I'm going to catapult your son over the wall. Excellent. Like with the... Yeah, if you don't surrender. And John went, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, so obviously, true to Stephen's form... He did. Oh, no, he didn't. We didn't do it. Of course not. Oh, we did. We talked about this in the uh, the other day about... About uh, Stephen and how he never followed through on any of his threats. Mm, yeah. yeah. So Stephen was like, oh, right. <laughs> it was worth a try. So the boy was mercifully unharmed and we're going to get to all of that in the Ghosts and Skeletons. That castle was then obviously taken down. It was actually, it, it was, there's not a lot left of it today. Uh, it is obviously in a very strategic position with the way it was built, but it's not there because oh, right, okay. it's a Dolterine, so it came down. Yeah. So we're going to move on swiftly to Donington Castle. I've heard of this one. This one is still there in some form, right? Had you heard of it? Because I hadn't. Yeah. That's interesting. So... Originally owned by the Aberbury family. Okay. So there was a manor there from at least 1292, but obviously probably before. In 1336, Richard Aberbury the Elder built a castle on the Donington site. And this is, so this is during Richard II's reign. And then we don't really hear a lot more about it for a few decades. And then Geoffrey Chaucer's son, Thomas, buys it which is just at the turn of the 15th century in 1398 he buys it for his daughter who uh, then goes on to become mm. the duchess of suffolk and she marries the duke of suffolk who is a, a dealer pole and so castles in the dealer pole duke duchess of suffolk group and then they fall out of favor with the monarchy which i think there's several reasons i think georgia so this might have happened. Maybe I should have put it in Ghosts and Skeletons, but I'm going to put it here now. Otherwise, there's not a lot of chronology to be happening with all of these castles. Part of that, I think, is because he got blamed for a lot of the losses in the Hundred Years' War. Oh. So, or a few of the losses at the end. So there's some French lands lost and they're like, yo, de la Pole, it's your fault. Um, but the long and short of it really is that Parliament impeached him. And this is during the reign of Henry VI. And... Basically, he gets exiled for five years and on his way into exile, he gets beheaded, which I would argue is a much more permanent form of exile. <laughs> exile you from this life. That's not really what you want. I, yeah, it's just got, he's in the channel and he, quick. I think I, yeah, quick is not the noise of a beheading, is it? No, but it's not great either way. So yeah, that happens, which is sad. And, which is sad, what a, what a way to, that poor man got beheaded and, and hundreds of years later, there's just some, some girl on the internet's gone, that's sad. It's not great, is it? So anyway, moving on, his grandson also leads a rebellion against Henry VII, which is also probably another reason why the Tudors don't particularly like them. And then in, in 1514, uh, the castle gets given to Charles Brandon, who by that point is the Duke of Suffolk. So one can only assume that it's just been given to a pal. Charles Brandon, did you say? Charles Brandon. As in Henry VIII's best friend? Charles Brandon was a favourite of Henry VIII's 
and then Henry VIII, and then his daughter, Elizabeth I, actually, they stayed at Donington. And in 1590, Elizabeth gave it to a woman called Elizabeth Cook to look after, which I thought was worth including, because actually this is apparently the first time a woman had been given the honour of looking after a castle. Oh, really? It was then, yeah, it was then later given to a man called Charles Howard by Elizabeth I. But I thought it was interesting that it was given to Elizabeth Cook. She will also appear later in the episode, Georgia. Mm. It was parliamentarian at the outbreak of the English Civil War in the 1640s. I think in 1643, but it uh, it almost immediately becomes royalist when it gets taken by the royalists. That was at the first Battle of Newbury, but then it surrendered to Parliament in 1646 after quite a long siege, and then it was destroyed. So now there's only a gatehouse left, but that is one gatehouse more than every other castle we have discussed so far. So then we're going to move on to Bemis Castle. I think it's Bomis Castle. I think it's Bomis Castle. I have no idea. Don't ask me. Bomis Castle, we're going to pronounce it for this. And if I'm wrong, someone please tweet me. It wouldn't be the first time I've pronounced something wrong, would it, Georgia? No. So it was built as a castle in this format in 1335 by a man called Sir Nicholas de la Beche. So St. Nicholas de la Beche, uh, it was then crenellated in 1338 and destroyed in 1420. So the next castle, no, I'm joking, it was, uh, there's, there's more to come on that, Georgia. Okie dokie. There is a reason I've put this in. You don't have to look at me like this is getting cut in the edit. I yeah, I was you. thinking this, this castle isn't making it in, if that's <laughs> no, all so you've got. Just because it's brief in biography does not mean it's skeletons and ghosts are any smaller within the theoretical walls. Interesting. So there are also... I found some other sources after like, after I did my main research that suggested that there was actually a site nearby earlier. And Hugh Dispenser was there, who was a favourite of Edward II, and that when Queen Isabella, Edward II's wife, was angry with him in the 1320s, Hugh ran away here. Okay. He was followed by Mortimer, who was the Queen's lover, and he raided it. So our final castle, Georgia, mm-hmm. is one called Yattenden Castle. Oh, that's an interesting name. Yeah, I thought it was a cool name. So we don't know a lot about Yattenden Castle again mm. before the 1400s. So we are moving on slowly and steadily into a later period, Georgia. Okay. So we don't know much about it except that for about 200 years it was owned by the Norris family. Mm-hmm. Interesting to note that there are some other areas called, called Norris, like Hampstead Norris, which is the first one we talked about. So, so a brief history of the Norrie family, because it then gets... They probably stopped owning it after 200 years because it does get destroyed during the Civil War. So William Norrie fought for Henry VII at the Battle of Bosworth in 1485, and then he okay. fought for him again in 1487 against the pretender Lambert Simnel with the York, Yorkist uprising. So that is the only fact I've got for it here, but I promise you, Georgia, there are facts later on. That's fine, I believe you. You're always very good at finding ghosts and skeletons. There is some There is some serious tea happening. Okay. So we're all good. And that actually does take us to the end of this section. Ooh, so that's the end of chronology. Mm. Onwards and More upwards. Like, ooh, because now we're on to ghosts and skeletons. What did you think of them so far, Georgia? Any any thoughts? Really interesting. Is Doddington the, the only one still standing? Yes. Fair, fair. Okay, I just wanted to check I hadn't misheard that. By the way, these are the most... There's the most history about these castles. There are a number of hills. With even less. 
there are a number of hills in Berkshire and I could just show you some pictures of some hills and that would be it. So these are the ones I found that I liked. So we're going to move on to some ghosts and skeletons. We're going to do this in the same order that we did the chronology because I think it just makes the most sense. Okay. So we're going to start with Hinton Waldrist and this is going to centre around the woman I mentioned, Mary de Bohun. Mm-hmm. So she married Henry Bolingbroke in 1380, which would have made her about 10 years old. But that's not the creepiest thing about this story. Oh, Georgia. good grief. Oh, no. So Mary and her sister were their father's only children. Okay. I don't, so I don't know if there were any more, but the, it seems like at this point they are the only heirs. Okay. And her sister gets married and Mary's brother-in-law could do some quick maths. And he was like, hang on, if there's only one heir... There's more money. Right. So, you know. Oh, dear. A plus, but... Excellent math skills. Excellent math skills. Terrible family skills. Yeah. So he kind of kidnaps Mary. I'm not sure if it's complete kidnap or whether that's in my head it's kidnap, but he basically tries to force her to become a nun. Oh. Because if you're a nun, you can't inherit. Yeah. And then he gets all the squids. Mary's aunt comes to the rescue. Okay. And this is why I think maybe Mary was being held a bit hostage because she pinches Mary from her brother-in-law's, from Mary's brother-in-law's house, which to me suggests... She's being held there. I mean, she's about 10, isn't she? Is she at that? I mean... Of course she's staying with someone. Mm. I mean, Medieval times. Yeah. So she whisks her away to safety. Okay. And by safety, I mean the safe marriage with Henry. So this poor girl, she's marrying someone. It just depends whether it's the future king or Christ. Anyway, they got married at Arundel, which is the castle that Matilda landed at. Of course, yeah. And also... The castle in Frozen. <laughs> the one that Elsa owns. She, unfortunately, she dies at ch- in childbirth at 26 and never became queen. Aww. I mean, she had a lot of children. How many? Well, I think there's like a 10-year period where she's having kids, like from 16 to 26. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of kids. So for medieval times, actually... To have only died on the 10th one is pretty good. Well, it'd be weird if she died on the 9th and then on the 10th she was fine. No, but I mean, as in like to get, to have 10 kids before dying in childbirth is pretty impressive. So then we're going to move on to Newbury Castle, Georgia. Okay. Because I mentioned earlier that John Marshall wouldn't give up the castle, son's life. Um, but he actually, allegedly, he told Stephen, and there is a quote from a, well, I'm paraphrasing this, but he allegedly told Stephen when Stephen was like, I will catapult your son. He was basically like, oh, I can make some better ones anyway. That is savage, isn't it? <laughs> that is years of therapy in the making. Which might not be ghosts and skeletons but it is very rude. It is just gossip, isn't it? Ghosts and skeletons is basically just like, give us the tea. It is all the tea. So... I wanted to I wanted to do this because I, I this section because a I think that is worse than usual to be able to say the most medieval times to be able to say feel free to catapult my son I'll make some more I'm not fast yeah I also thought it's worth mentioning because John actually started out for Stephen and then turned to Matilda when Stephen was captured at that Battle of Lincoln that we discussed a couple of weeks ago Georgia and I just think that's really shady so I feel like that's a skeleton in his closet. But William, mm. the little boy moonlighting as a potential catapult fodder, he, he actually goes on to be William Marshall. And I know that's his name, but William the Marshall is this amazing chivalric figure. Right. And he's one of the greatest chivalric knights of the medieval period. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he, like they document his life because he's incredible. He is Eleanor of Aquitaine, who is the wife of Henry II, mm-hmm. pays his ransom when... 
William is captured and held hostage. He's also... Henry has a bunch of sons and they all rebel against him right. in the dynasty version of medieval history. And so one of his sons, called Young Henry, does some rebelling. He's actually on Young Henry's side during the rebellion, but allegedly also had an affair with his wife. Although it's probably not true. Right. But I just wanted to point out, for the sake of him in history, that I don't think John could have made a better son by that day's standard. Because he was pretty cool. Because he, well, he has this entire, entire work dedicated to him. And when I studied medieval history, uh, it was a lot of William the Marshal. Hmm. I'd never heard his name, though, I don't think. He did a lot of tournaments and, and things. He got sponsored to be in them. Because they're pretty, they're not the wealthiest of families. And he becomes this really high faluting figure and he lives a really full life and it's really interesting becomes an earl so i thought that was that was worth mentioning what do you think georgia absolutely that is mad yeah it's it's interesting he's just an amazing figure Mm. and really interesting guy so but he's not the last one okay so moving on to donnington castle and this is slightly tangential but does involve an actual ghost so oh let's work with this There's no actual scandal at Donington itself. However, during my research, Mm. I I was doing a little deep dive into Elizabeth Cook because I thought it was pretty cool that she was the first woman to to look after the castle. Uh, Allegedly, it's not funny, I don't know why I laughed. Allegedly, she beat her son to death. What? Because he wasn't very good at his lessons. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and then... And now she haunts Bisham Abbey. She does, or the son does? She does. I think she's guilty. She feels guilt. Right. But it's allegedly. We don't know for certain. Well, I would argue she probably doesn't haunt. Oh, no, I meant about the beating. I know, I was joking. (laughs) (laughs) Just checking. Uh, So, yeah. Um, But I just thought I'd put that in there because it's an interesting fact. But, Mm. I mean, given how bad my Latin is, Georgia, I'm really glad... I wouldn't live back then and she wasn't my mum. Yeah. But so moving swiftly on after that nugget, Bemis Bomis, Bomis Castle. This is the one, Georgia, where uh, it started in the late 1300s and then was destroyed, or the early 1300s, it was destroyed in 1420. So it has like almost a hundred year history. Okay, very small history. Yeah. So the builder of the castle that we mentioned, Nicholas de la Beche, mm-hmm. left it to his widower when he died. Okay. So Margaret is his wife. And obviously this makes her quite a wealthy widow. She either remarried or was betrothed or perhaps remarried and then they died and then she was betrothed. But we don't really know because this is during the Black Death period and, you know, people dying. So there are two contenders. It's either Thomas Dardine. Dardine? Sardine. (laughs) Sardine. Um, Or Gerard Lyle. On Good Friday, it's possible that she was betrothed to Gerard Lyle. But on Good Friday... On, in 1347, a man called Sir John de Dalton broke into the castle with some pals, killed a nobleman, and possibly, depending on the source, a couple of others, stole a £1,000 worth of stuff. Which is a lot of money back then. Which is a lot of stuff back then. Kidnapped Margaret. Oh, my goodness. And forced her to marry him. Uh-oh. For the money. So... That's why it's kind of... I read one source that was like, she might have been betrothed, but then it was annulled because obviously she's married. And uh, there's also a website, the Berkshire History website, that I'm not sure where they've got their... It says that John was actually her lover. I suspect that's not true, given the stuff he stole. But, you know, sent to the Tower, the bunch of people who were 
involved. Okay. But you don't find out. I couldn't really find out very much more than that. But then she dies in 1349. But that is scandalous. That is pretty full on. And a lot of ghosts and skeletons. So, yeah. But then we've got the final one, mm. which I think which I think will be your favourite. We've got some high ones to be. This is my prediction, is that this is your favourite, Georgia. Okay. So this involves our favourite era. Okay. The Tudors. Hey! Yattenden Castle. So I mentioned earlier about the Norris family. Yeah. You can also call it the Norris family, because it's kind of one or the other pronunciation-wise. Variation. Norris, Tudors. I want to see when this the ball drops for you, Georgia. Yeah, I, I recognise the family name, the Norris. Mm-hmm. So William Norris, Norris, the the guy I mentioned earlier about Bosworth, he had a grandson called Henry Norris. Mm. Why does Henry Norris ring a bell for you, Georgia? Grandson of someone. So it might take a moment. Okay, so grandson of someone that worked with Henry the Seventh. So we're looking then at like Edward or Mary or Elizabeth, like age. No, Hen- Henry the Eighth. Yes, it's Henry the Eighth. Okay, it's Henry the Eighth in fifteen twenty. Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon visit Yattenden Castle and, and there's like a, you know, an event surrounds there. Okay. And during one of the evenings, or during the evening, Henry Norris notices that one of Catherine's ladies' maids has dropped her hanky, her handkerchief. So he picks it up for her and gives it back. Now, Henry the Norris is really quite high up in Henry VIII's court and he actually ends up becoming groom of the stool and groom of the stool, whilst it sounds disgusting, yeah. is is the, like one of the closest positions to the king because it's one of the only positions you can be in as a courtier where you get time alone with the king. It was really important. He's obviously quite high up at court. But that lady's maid, Georgia, was Anne Boleyn. Yes. And it was one of the events cited as the reason to believe that he and Anne had had an affair when it went to trial when it went for trial 16 years later. Because he picked up her handkerchief. Madness. And that is obviously Henry Norris gets beheaded. Of course, Henry Norris is one of the people that is accused of sleeping with the queen. Henry Norris is cited as one of the lovers of Anne Boleyn, along with her brother and a couple of other people. Anne Boleyn's brother. I'm of the opinion that it didn't happen. I certainly think throwing her brother in there is overkill. I'm of the opinion that even if something did happen, it was massively overstated. Yeah, so that that is the case with Henry. And so his son actually gets Yattenden Castle and he's actually really good pals with Elizabeth I. Mm. Um, I'd imagine they're pretty similar in age, but I, I didn't verify that. Yeah, that was where it was connected. In my mind, it was connecting to Elizabeth. I wonder if maybe I've read some stories so about Henry. So Henry Norris is, is a decent way older than Anne. Uh, I think he's in his 50s by this point, but... He would have been 16 years earlier. He'd have been in his 30s. And... Interesting. Yeah. Lots of lots of juicy gossip. <laughs> yeah, lots of juicy gossip. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, but I thought that was a good, a good one to end on because I know how much you love the tutors. I do, indeed. And that basically wraps us up then mm. uh, for the ghosts and skeletons. Yeah. So do we have any final comments about importance and influence and role of these castles. Well, I think that's that's what I was going to ask you, Georgia. I mean, after I've told you all of that, what's your favourite castle? Which ones do you think had more influence? I, I'm of the opinion that none of them really had any influence. You've got ones that are owned by particularly important people during a time. 
Yeah, I mean, we're not seeing any royals or key nobility well, living in them. Well, you've got owned by royals because Mary is the mother of Henry V and the wife of the man who becomes Henry IV. Mm. Yeah, so maybe that's the most important. And then you've got Donington, which the Duke and Duchess of Suffolk are in, but also must become royal on some level if it's then gifted mm. to Charles Brandon. Yeah. I just sort of feel like, given that they don't survive anymore, there are lots of very important castles that don't survive anymore, but they've then got claims to fame such as, you know, like Matilda escaped to it or something, you know? Mm. There's just... Well, could you argue that the adulterine castles during the the... the the anarchy are pretty important. And that's why they're destroyed. But for a really brief period, because they have such symbolism of, of destruction. Mm. At least that's how we present it nowadays. And clearly that shows the importance of castles during war. I mean, the need for Henry to be like, these all need to be knocked down, suggests they were very important. Yeah, it's symbolic of the creation of peace, I would have thought. Yeah, but still, I mean... Minimal. minimal not yeah. that we ever really compare them, these episodes to the feature length castle episodes because obviously there's a reason we do them as feature lengths but I mean given that we've got Windsor I mean that's clearly the key one of this county yeah and I think even though even of the ones we if we compare it to the selection box of castles in in Oxford these aren't I don't think they're as important as some of the selection boxes in Oxford either no they're interesting but they're not they're not the same level. I think this is a case where it's the people more than the places that are the important part. Yeah. But I think they're all really interesting. Still some very good ghosts and skeletons. Which was your favourite? I mean, personally, as cruel humour as it is, it's got to be, I'm going to throw your son out. I'm going to catapult your son. <laughs> Medieval history brings out a really dark oh, side of my humour that I just, you shouldn't laugh at that, but it's just kind of hilarious. But I think it's because it's all so dark. It's just so brutal. Yeah. So in terms of visiting these places, Georgia. Yes. So Donington Castle is, is English heritage. Okay. So. None of the rest of them exist. Not really. You can go to the villages. I highly recommend, and I'll put it in the blog, links to the local area guides so that you can see because there's obviously some beautiful walks around those areas because they're villages the villages are beautiful in their own right mm. it's uh they're all you know they're all worth seeing in the areas and then that's just there as a nice point on the walk but I'll, I'll link to those places in terms of donnington which is actually still standing i think it's free to get in there i you know and have a look around it's just there's some ruins there of the gatehouse there's there's a bunch of other stuff actually that they recommend on their website, on the British English Heritage website, that you can go and have a look at at the same time. Mm. You could do a tour of all of the Berkshire ones. They're like 10 or 11 miles away and you can sort of, you could drive there, couldn't you? I guess you could cycle if you were cycling and uh, go and have a look at them all, have a bit of a walk. The, it's, it's always open during daylight hours and you, there's a car park. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a great place to go. So next time we're all able to go for walks anywhere... Uh, maybe take a look at look at Donington Castle, Georgia. Absolutely, sounds interesting. But I'll link to that one on the website as well, and then everyone can can see it and find out more about how they can get there in the coming months. <laughs> 
so that is the end of the castles of Berkshire make sure to tune in next week we have a very special themes episode this county which is all about castles and Christmas I'm really looking forward to that I know there's going to be a lot of Victorian Christmassy stuff left over from my Windsor episode that I held back specially for next week so I'm very much looking forward to that Mm, yeah excellent I'm looking forward to to Christmas episode. I think there's some some nice things. We can do the episode whilst eating Christmas chocolates and it'll be all festive. And mulled wine. I love mulled wine. Someone pointed out to me that our castle on our uh, podcast logo actually looks like a chalice as well. And they're like, is that because you like wine? I was like, it's unintentional, but we'll take it. That was unintentional, but makes sense. Great. So we will see you next week. In the meantime, of course, uh, please give us a rate, review and subscribe. And you can go and follow us on all the social media so that you are the first to know when the next episode comes out. That's Podcastles on all social media or podcastlespodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. You can also go onto our website to see our blog posts and all of our sources that we've used for these episodes on podcastles.co.uk. And you can find both of us on social media ourselves. I'm at Nikita Bethany on most things. And I'm at George's on air on everything. So you'll be able to find us there. And yeah, it would be great if you could give us give us a like and a review and let us know what you think. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. And I'm at George's on air on everything. So you'll be able to find us there. And yeah, it would be great if you could give us give us a like and a review and let us know what you think. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.